Hi, welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I am Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today, we're going to talk about greed. Yes. It's even an ugly word, greed. Yeah, and, you know, there's a reason for that. But um, Greed is a is a common symptom of our world right now. And it's a it's a common human condition, I think, worldwide, but we're really seeing it now in the midst of this coronavirus and all the other things that are going on. Greed, again, is raising its head. And um, unfortunately, uh, greed in our country can be celebrated too much, I think. People, yeah. people consider someone successful if they are... Um, if there's greed involved. Just some of the headlines in the news today. Obviously, we've got the whole toilet paper hoarding thing, which I still have not figured out. Who started that? I don't know, but it's an odd deal that toilet paper seems to be what's going quickly. Um, I saw on the news today that uh, they're having a problem in San Francisco. People are not smart enough not to flush down the disinfectant wipes in the toilet, and they're clogging up the whole sewer system in San oh, Francisco. gross. But when it comes to greed, I also saw that there were three senators now that have uh, Oh, they sold off out. stocks or something? They sold off all their stocks before the rest of us were notified that this was going to be an issue. Some of them several million dollars worth of stock. Um, oh. And no matter what else, even if it was just an accidental thing, it certainly doesn't look good. Yeah. And, it, and it concerns me that... Um, it concerns me that people are seeing greed as a positive and, and giving in to greed. And that's, I think, the root of a lot of different evils in the world. Yeah, I think basically greed is behind war. Greed is behind... We got this topic because I was so... I got so mad because of how... Because the Russians and the... What is it? The Saudis are, mm-hmm. are fighting with the, the oil. So then... Our oil is affected, and it's just because some. Is it because our companies are buying the cheaper oil from the foreigners? Uh, yeah, and that's part of it. Just the the world oil market dropped, and so then and it people, all goes back to kind of the the stock market kind of thing. Which, while I um, I'm not investing in anything, I don't have I don't have we don't have stocks. I don't and bonds. think we'll ever invest in anything. Uh, probably not. Except much. for the kingdom of God, best investment of all. There okay. you go. But I think. You know, and I'm not saying the stock market's bad because companies need investments to grow. I get all that, but the the gambling that goes on with the with the stock market, I think, it just hurts a lot of people. Just like right now, we know that there's a downturn in the economy. There's a downturn in production. There's a downturn in everything because of the the uh, self quarantining and the and the things like that going on with the coronavirus virus, but. We also know this is going to get better somewhere. So why are we getting to the point where we're dropping, or the prices are falling out of the bottom of everything? There's a lot of people suffering right now. Uh, small businessmen, uh, people that are hourly wage earners that can't work. There's a lot of things going on right now. And it's a sad thing that there are people that are trying to make money off of it at the same time. Yeah. Okay, so what did you want to talk about greed? Did you want to start here? Well, biblically... Um, and Jesus said in Luke 12, he said, Watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And I like that verse because he doesn't just talk about money. Right. All kinds of greed. There's a lot of greed out there. Greed can be, yes, it can be the love of money, the hoarding of things, that kind of stuff. <laughs> it can also be coveting. 
Yeah, that's the Tenth Commandment. It Do can not be covet. coveting things that you don't have. It may not be that you have. It may be that you're just very unsatisfied with what you have and you want more. That concept of uh, accumulation or the desire for it, the desire for it is just as bad as, as the act. Right. And it's just as harmful to us, not only to others, but it harms you yourself if you can't. Um, be content. Be content with God, yes. Here, this is a good one. This is only part of Second Peter 2, 14c. Mm-hmm. It says, having a heart trained by greed. That would be like totally mm. opposite of what our hearts are supposed to be trained by God, by the word of God. Know this, first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts. Second Peter 3, 3. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit. So that's really following after their own lusts, grabbing. You know, I kind of think, I was thinking about this morning, greed is the ultimate of living for self. You're demanding things for self. Yeah. And it's, well, and it's, I think it's also the, I I think it's a pinnacle of self-centeredness too. Yeah. Well, that's self, yeah. Right. But it's, it's that concept that I deserve, I want more, I deserve more, I have, I have the right to have more, I have all these things that I should just have more. And instead of um, going to God for them, going to yourself for them. Here, First uh, Timothy 6, this mm. is in 6 through 10. I don't mm-hmm. know which one this is. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge man, men into ruin and destruction for the love of evil. Oh, I'm sorry. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. So that what I underlined that those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and and it's a desire a lot of us get that oh, I'd love to get rich, be rich, then I can pay off all my bills and I can do this and that. Or um, if I won the lottery, I could do so much for the church. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, the typical "I'm going to spoil myself" sort of things. It's just that 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 feeling that if I had money, I could do something. And yeah. God says, "Don't worry about the money." Um, Jesus again in Matthew says, in Matthew six says, "Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. You cannot serve both God and money." Don't. Try and hoard things up. I mean, that was very blatant. And Jesus um, talked in parables a lot, and he, he spoke in in uh, ways that were more challenging to understand. But this one is just blatant. This is black and white. Yeah. And if he says it that way, it is a consistent human condition that we all need to be worried about. We, well, not worried about, but we should all be aware of and sensitive to so that if it happens when it rears its little ugly head um we'll see see it for what it is that goes back to that first verse you shared luke twelve mm-hmm. fifteen. be on guard be on guard so that means attacks will come so mm-hmm. be on guard so you can put it to rest right away but that goes this is psalm 10 verse 3 for the wicked boasts of his heart's desire and the greedy man Greedy person curses and spurns the Lord. I think greed, if you allow it to lead you, you'll end up rejecting God. Oh, I'm sure because you'll you'll think you have everything you need. Or um, I remember uh, reading about Rockefeller, and mm-hmm. I mentioned this in a sermon once. 
he was asked how much was enough because he was the wealthiest man in the, in the country at the time. And he said, just a little more. Yeah. And then the flip side of that was when he died, his accountant was asked, how much did he leave behind? And the accountant answered, all of it. it. He didn't take anything with him. You can't, you know, there's like those two bumper stickers. He who has the most toys when they die wins. And the other one says, he who has the most toys when they die dies. Yeah. In the end, this is in the end. All the material goods in the world mean absolutely nothing. Um, obviously, the Bible tells us we should be working and earning, and taking care of of ourselves and our families, and taking care of others. And there is a need for money. There is a need for those things. But when it becomes an obsession, when you are working for money and not for Five. sustenance. Yeah. Yeah, if you're working to feed your family, you're working to feed your family. God bless you. That's what God asks us to do. But if you are working to accumulate, yeah, that's when it becomes a problem. I do want to put a little, little, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I want to mention giving and why mm-hmm. it's important for believers to give to God. It isn't that God needs your money. God does not need your money. And it isn't because the church needs your money. The, the work of the church will continue with or without your money. What it is for is for your own spiritual growth and your spiritual health. Because by giving to God generously, you're saying, God, I trust you more than I trust my money. Mm. And I love you more than I love the money in my life. Because really, it's not our money. It's God's money. And, and, that, and that in itself um, is a form of greed if you are not a cheerful giver. Yeah. If you are not willing to support, if you're not willing to contribute, if you're not willing to um, do your share of it, then you're saying, "I need to keep it." And that is greed in and of itself, too. Yeah, and it's not, and it's not trusting God because right. God says, "Challenge me in this, give, mm-hmm. and I will give to you." But I read this this morning, and I never thought about this as greed, but this parable. And it's not very long, so I'm going to read it. And this is from the message mm-hmm. because it's I just like this. It's Matthew 20. It's a story about workers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just read it. God's kingdom is like an estate manager who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. They agreed on a wage of a dollar a day and went to work. Later, about 9 o'clock, the manager saw some other men hanging around the town square unemployed. He told them to go to work in his vineyard, and he would pay them a fair wage. They went. He did the same thing at noon and again at 3 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, he went back and found still others standing around. He said, why are you standing around all day day doing nothing? They said, because no one hired us. He told them to go to work in his vineyard. When the day's work was over, the owner of the vineyard instructed his foreman, call the workers in and pay them their wages. Start with the last hired and go on to the first. Those hired at 5 o'clock came up and were each given a dollar. When those who were hired first saw that, they assumed they would get far more. But they got the same, each of them one dollar. Taking the dollar, they groused angrily to the manager. These last workers put in only one easy hour, and you just made them equal to us, who slaved all day under a scorching sun. He replied to the one speaking for the rest, Friend, I haven't been unfair. We agreed on the wage of a dollar, didn't we? So take it and go. I decided to give to the one who came last the same as you. Can I do what I want with my own money? Are you going to get stingy because I am generous? Here it is again, the great reversal, many of the first ending up last and the last first. 
I read that this morning and I thought that's where a lot of our greed comes too. We see other people's lives and even if we're really, really strong believers or something, we can go, Lord, how come I don't have as much as them? Or it's not fair that I have to deal with all this and they don't deal with, deal with this. Of course, we don't know what they're dealing with, but, but, this is that, it's not fair. I deserve just as much as they get. And that's interesting. The way you say that makes me think of a small child. Yes, it's mine. And that that concept is what we're supposed to be maturing ourselves away from as we grow, not only in age and in maturity as, as human beings, but also in age and maturity as Christians, is we should be moving away from that concept of fairness. Yes, the only fairness that we deserve, the only fairness that we have gotten is is worth and measurable, and that's because of the love of God. So anything else that we look at is really missing the point. And we're not supposed to compare. My journey is totally different than someone else's journey. Mm-hmm. And if we, if we in America are starting to compare ourselves with other Americans, well, we should just go ahead and compare ourselves to someone in some other country that has is dealing with violence and... And all sorts of things. I mean, the comparison is a bad thing to do. We're not supposed to compare our lives to others. And it's one of those things where people have a tendency to look at what they don't have instead of what they do. The opposite of greed is is gratefulness. It's not contentment. I, I, I mean, we are meant to be content, but the opposite of greed is not contentment. It's gratefulness. It's just simply the fact that I am grateful for everything I do have. No matter what I have, I'm grateful for it. You know. Um, or could greed also the opposite be generosity? Hmm. I'm greedy. I'm generous. Or no. Oh, I think if you're Maybe grateful, you're generous. Grateful. I think it's yeah. automatic. Yeah. Um, Hebrews thirteen five says, "Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you.' In other words, you got God. What else do you want?" Mm-hmm. And God takes care of us in, in so many ways. Uh, the jobs that we, we are provided with, the housing we're provided with, the country we're born in, the family that we have, all of those things are gifts and blessings from God. And if we look away from that, trying to look for something more, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a slap in the face for what you have been given. Yeah. God says, I give you everything you need. Mm-hmm. You may want something, and- but you don't need it because God's taking care of your basic needs. And once we draw close to him, it's amazing how more we can see that. It is, it's really ugly when, think of a little kid who's got all this stuff. I remember seeing a couple little kids that got so many Christmas presents. They opened them and opened them and opened them. And they said, is this it? And I mean, they had an abundance and... It was so ugly to see that. And it's like, I think we are have a ugly sense of, ugly in the sense of where our spiritual sense is when we are greedy. I mean, it's not a, a and pretty un- sight. And unfortunately, it's promoted so much in our society today. I mean, there's constant advertisements telling you that you need something different, you need something more. You, know, you need to buy a new car, you need to have new clothes, you have to need, there's something you need. Mm-hmm. And if they say you need it, then you're going to want it, and wanting is covetousness. So if you, I mean, that's that's what marketing and advertising is meant to do, is to make you want something you don't have or want something better than what you do have. And unfortunately, 
Um, I'm aging or dating myself here a little bit. Uh, growing up as a kid, living out in the country, we didn't have much. Uh, didn't know that I didn't. We didn't have much, but uh, part of that was the fact that we had uh, two channels on television that went off at at midnight. At midnight, um, we didn't have a 24-hour news cycle telling us how the sky was falling, and we didn't have the advertising that we have now. Uh, kids did not watch television. Um, Saturday morning cartoons, if you were lucky, is all we would get. And we did not get constantly bombarded with online things and um, all these. The the closest thing as a child I remember to covetousness was when the Sears Sears and Roebuck Toys catalog came out at Christmas time. The the giant book of toys. And we would look through there and... Of course, you never got any of those things in there, but boy, you would go page by page looking at them. It was fun. It was like walking through a toy store. But our kids now are growing up in such a consumerized society that they constantly want. Yeah. They are constantly wanting something. I forgot. And to it do doesn't something. matter if it's material goods or appearance or fame. Or fame, oh, or anything fame else, thing. they just constantly think that they should have something different than what they have, and that's what society's telling them. And it's a challenge as a parent to try and take that out of your children. It's a challenge as a parent to try and 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 redirect that course. I think, mm-hmm. um, and we're not perfect at it by any stretch of the imagination. We still have those challenges, but. It's something that we have to be so sensitive to, not only in our own lives, but in our children's lives and in the lives of those that we care about all around us. I wanted to say something. Mm, I I've could got, tell. Yes, I have a shout out to our friend Velma, who is a regular listener now. We love you, Velma, and thank you for listening. Yes. And I have a quote. This is I read this this morning. It's a C.S. Lewis quote from the Screwtape Letters, and Screwtape is a mm. superior demon... I know you know this, but maybe someone who's listening doesn't. It's a fictional account, of course, of one superior demon talking to another demon, and he's instructing him. And this is what the superior demon says to the other one. He says, the sense of ownership in general is always to be encouraged. The humans are always putting up claims to ownership, which sound equally funny in heaven and hell, and we must keep them doing so. Much of the modern resistance to chastity comes from men's belief that they own their bodies. Those vast and perilous estates pulsating with the energy that made the, sorry, the works or the universe or the worlds. She's trying to worlds. read her own handwriting I'm right sorry. Now. <laughs> but I, I, that second part, I didn't really have to share, but I love that. Yeah, it's worlds. The, th- those vast and perilous estates pulsating with the energy that made the worlds. I thought that was cool. But this other part, the sense of ownership. I thought it was interesting when he said it's laughable. Oh, yeah. In heaven and in hell, it's laughable. That that we think we own things. Because everything belongs to God. And we are finite beings. You can't take it with you. There's just... Uh, it, it's terrible that people, you know, ruin their lives over these things. Uh, Jesus in, in Matthew 19 talk, told the parable about the, the rich young ruler who had everything. Oh, yeah. And he right. said, what do I do to get into heaven? And Jesus told him, and he said, I've done all those things. He said, he said well, then. he was a really good guy. Yeah, it sounded like yeah. he had most of his life under control. And he said, then give away your money. Yeah, And he, he just do it. dropped his eyes and walked away. That was the one thing 
that he wouldn't let go of. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because it sounds like, yeah, he was doing everything else right. And it was just that one thing. And that's why Jesus said it was so hard for a, a rich man to get into heaven is because it is such a burning desire within the human condition to want things. That verse, the verses I shared in First Timothy 6 where it talks about those who want to get rich fall into temptation, all that. And I underlined um, 1 Timothy. Oh, this is the next verse. I didn't under. Mm-hmm. This is 1 Timothy 6, 11a, just the first part. Flee from these things. Flee from the desire to want to get rich. When you, If you start catching yourself really wanting more or wanting more money or wanting to some scheme to get rich, flee from it. Just drop it and go or, and, and redirect. But the remedy, I got the remedy of all greed. Okay. This is the verse I asked our congregation to memorize. And this is Psalm 119.36. I memorized it because I, I prayed it every day. I still am praying it because I think it's really making a difference in my life. It says, Lord, give me an appetite for your words of wisdom and not for piling up loot. Psalm 119.36. That, I think, is just, God, give me an appetite for your word. Give me an appetite for your word and not for piling up loot getting money. And I, I think it is not that I've been trying to get a bunch of stuff cause I don't like to have a bunch of stuff, but I, like you said, it's a human condition. Mm-hmm. We want something, but if we desire God's word, that is a hunger that God can keep satisfying and it'll get deeper and deeper and deeper. There are a lot of things that are natural human desires that we fight every single day. There are a lot of things that we, in in good conscience, even a non-Christian, will fight. Right. Things like anger and violence. We know those things are wrong, and we try and fight those things. But greed has somehow become attractive, and it is not Mm -hmm. as off-putting as someone who is uh, nasty and violent and things like that. However, we see when pressured, like we're going through right now with the current uh, situation in the world, when humans are pressured a little bit, the greed really comes out in them. Yeah, sadly. We've seen it in, in uh, situations like uh, when Katrina hit New Orleans. There was all sorts of issues with that there. We're seeing it now um, with the hoarding of, of material and people fighting and pushing and, and, and just you know hurting other people to get something for themselves. And that's where it really where it really, really comes down to that selfishness again. Because, yeah. you know, even even in the stock market, you don't make money in the stock market. Somebody else loses money in the stock market. Mm. That's how that works. If you got a dollar, somebody lost a dollar. If you, mm. you know, all those things that, you know, I, I, got, I won this, I got this, I got this, somebody else lost it. That's just how that works. So if when we start ignoring the fact that what we desire is not only not good for us, not good for other people, and not good for God's kingdom in any way, shape, or form, that's why I have such a... I, I, have, it, I find the prosperity doctrine, doctrine taught by some preachers to be really repellent to me. It is where they where they say you know if you're a good Christian you're going to make more money if you God's going to bless you financially and all these things of course God blesses us uh, with what we need there is no doubt about that 
Um, Matthew six twenty five through thirty four. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life or what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow excuse me. He's on his phone. Yeah, I'm I'm looking this up real quick on my phone. The birds of the air. Uh, they never sow nor reap nor gather into the barns and let their, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to your lifespan? Why you're anxious about clothing, all that kind of stuff. And in the end it says, um, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In other words, the anxiousness, the greed, the avarice, the lust, the covetous, covetousness, that's a tough word to say. All of those, covetousness, all of those things, <laughs> yeah, that is all hard. of those things are damaging to yourself. Yeah. And all of those things will get you less than what the Word of God will give you. If you seek the righteousness of God, everything else will be taken care of. Now, that doesn't mean, contrary to what some people will tell you, that if you seek the righteousness of God, you will get a 12-bedroom house. But if you seek the righteousness of God, God will take care of you. You will have a place to lay your head. That And that also doesn't mean you won't have hard times. Oh, of course I mean, not. there'll be times, even if you're giving uh, regularly to God and generously, you're still going to have... Uh, Times you have to be a little creative with your finances, unless you maybe have a trust fund. But then that's totally different. But yeah, and we've been through that in our in our marriage in our married life. Um, we have been through those challenges where you're counting pennies. And um, I had to borrow money from my 18 year old today. It happens. <laughs> it just happens. You know, the bank account starts getting shallow, and and the bills don't don't dive down with it. So it happens, but. God provides. When you need it, God provides. Mm -hmm. If you follow what God wants, God provides. I look at our where we're sitting right now in a beautiful little little old far, uh, ranch house out here in the middle of South Dakota. When we were first moving to Dupree, when we felt the call to come up here and, and enter into ministry, there was not a single place for us to live. There was nothing for sale. There was nothing for rent. There was nothing. And we were trying to sell a house that we owned. And uh, when we sold the house, we didn't make any money on it at all. We walked away with basically nothing. Nothing. It just went, you know, flat mm -hmm. even. Because it was a rough time to sell a house and there was a lot of things going on. But we had no idea where we were going to live. And God provided this place through people we knew through uh, in just miraculous way god provides and god has always provided for us and you know as you draw closer to god if you look back in 2020 hindsight even before you knew him he was providing for you mm -hmm. even before you recognized him he recognized you and he was trying to give you the things that you needed you know i think if anybody if they've lived long enough can look back and if you can say what were the most fun times or most enjoyable or, 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 or your best memories I really doubt that they are about oh when I got all this stuff 
when I got this. I mean, yeah, there can be fun. Mm -hmm. You can enjoy those moments, but they really kind of fade, you know, unless they're filled with memories of loving people or really interacting. I mean, I think some of my best times, I love doing this podcast with you. Well, thank you. I enjoy it. You're welcome. And I love having great conversation with people. I really do miss uh, when we were in Blunt. I had a friend named Sue. She has died and gone to heaven since when we still lived there. But I enjoyed she'd come over and we'd chat over coffee. But then, you know, I don't think she liked my coffee. She'd bring her own coffee along. Um, (laughs) She never told me, but I don't think my coffee's too strong, I guess, and for some people. And... uh, but there's been other times, so many times, I mean, those are my favorite times to mm-hmm. really have good fellowship, good conversation. Like tomorrow I'm going to go see my friend Tiffany and we'll probably talk for an hour or two, probably closer to two, maybe two and a half. At least. Yeah. And it's just nice. It's, and I, I cherish that a whole bunch more than if someone gave me a bunch of money. You, you know, know, there's nothing wrong with money in and of itself. No. And it, comes in handy. it is a wonderful thing to pay off your bills. It's a wonderful thing to support people. It's a wonderful thing to 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 help people when you can. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. But what we're talking about here is is when it becomes the master of you, and when God is not your master, but money is your master. And that is that's the true source of of, of uh, heartbreak that comes with greed, and not just money, but obviously anything that would. Oh. Would be similar Right, to that. but I wanted to... I don't know how I got off of off whatever. Okay. But another thing that is really big these days about... And I suppose it's always been big, but it's bigger now because we have the internet. How people so want people's approval. Mm. And they'll put so much stuff up online and they want all these likes. And they want, they want people... Satisfaction from, from people to say, good job, you did great or whatever. And... And I found all of it, all of it is self-validation. They just yeah. want to, they want every, and greed isn't, power isn't another thing you can be greedy for. It's just people want to be noticed. They want to be loved. They want to be appreciated. They want to be liked. They want all those things. And guess what? Well, God loves you. Yeah, that's. And God appreciates you. God he, cares about you. God loved you enough to let his son die for you individually, just for you. Right, because he wanted to hang out with you. It's a different thing to reach reach that understanding that it's a personal thing. That Jesus Christ died for me personally. And he died for you personally. Not just for the world, but for you individually. And that, I think, when you grasp that, when you get a hold of that, and you understand the width and the breadth and the depth of the love of God, Everything else just kind of comes together. Yeah, and if you really feel, oh, ooh, 31 minutes. Okay, but I wanted, I wasn't done with that. The reason why I brought that mm-hmm. social thing and people wanting likes and mm-hmm. want to be noticed and stuff, we can get a lust for that where I really feel that one, we, we just recently read an article about a man who said, I'm an ex-pastor and it was a waste of time. And he just walked away from God. And I, I mean, I don't know the man and I know Jesus loves him. But I know, hypothetically, it could have been because he wanted the approval of a bunch of people that didn't believe in what he believed. And because he was then just professing love, love, love. But that's a hollow kind of love if you don't have Jesus. And I just, that, that thing when we lust for people's approval. If we lust for people's approval, we need it so badly 
then we will, we, if we go far enough with it, we'll reject God. I mean, we'll walk away from him. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the saddest thing when, when you, when you accept people's love over God's love. And it's really not people's love. They'll turn on you on a dime is how they well, say it. Well, it's, and it's not just the acceptance, but it's the desire. Yeah. I, Once you turn your back on God, you don't understand how desired you are. How much God does desire you. Yeah. And, there, oh, yeah. and therein lies a dozen podcasts on other issues that we have in our lives that come from that under, that that failure to understand how much God loves us. That's why I wanted that one we did last week, the God the Father. Mm-hmm. If you really listen to that podcast yeah. and then listen to that song that we talk about. Well, we're getting listening. to that point now where we're... Where we're getting to the end, we try and keep these to a oh, that's right, a roughly a half hour or so. But and we're running a little long. But I would just, I would like to encourage everyone uh, right now, just be praying, pray for your neighbors, pray for the world, um, pray for this country. The things that are going on in this country are, are uh, challenging. They're scary. Talk to your kids about them. Uh, but also pray for those that are are still living their lives the way they have to live their lives the first responders the nurses the doctors the medical professionals the dispatchers the firemen those kind of people that um no matter how bad things get they're still operating full speed ahead with everything they have and uh for our troops that are overseas that are in places where they can't come home to their loved ones in a time when the world is panicking right now just Keep them all in your prayers. Uh, keep our leadership in prayer also and the, and the doctors and the scientists that are working on these things. And let's just, if, if God's people get together in prayer, there's no, uh, no ability, whatever, to measure the power that we can have. So I just, I just ask that everyone that, that listens to this, just, just keep it all in prayer. And memorize Psalm 119.36 and pray that for yourself daily. It's the, Antidote, anecdote, no, not anecdote, antidote. Antidote, Antidote yes. for greed, okay. No, hey. Anecdote for greed, you're okay, right. Okay, anecdote, right. what is that? That's a little, okay, anyway. Yeah, okay. That's, a, that's a little silly saying you have. Don't don't call a biblical thing a little yeah, silly Yeah, 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 that's not silly. Psalm right. 119.36. Thank you for listening. God bless. Bye.